Good evening, Liberty Lovers. You are listening to Living with Liberty, and I am your host, Ryan. Tonight, we will cover one more issue with the COVID vaccine, as well as cover a couple of myths currently circulating about the COVID vaccine itself. All next on the lucky 13th episode of Living with Liberty. I had no intention of doing a part two uh, to the uh, previous episode on on the uh, COVID vaccine, but my wife sent me some additional information on the vaccine that I had to check out. In the process of checking that information out, I also ran across a couple of other things that frankly border on conspiracy theories at this point, yet are floating out there as purported facts. First, let's talk about yet another cause for concern with this vaccine. This one comes regarding potential, and I'll say it again for effect, potential at this point, the, that the vaccine may cause infertility. Michael Yeadon, former head of research at Pfizer, and Wolfgang Woodard, uh, the former head of public health in Germany, have filed a petition with the European Medicines Agency asking them to stop clinical trials of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccines, as in their estimation, it may block a protein critical to placenta formation, resulting in what they say would be an infertile woman. KVU 13 News out of Austin, Texas, ran a sort of fact check on this claim. They essentially asked the question of this being a real possibility. Two things from this KVU 13 News report that I want you to remember as we talk. Uh, First being that Pfizer says its COVID-19 vaccine to date has not reported any serious safety concerns. The other point here is that when News 13 called Pfizer for comment, Pfizer declined to comment. Now, to me, that's a red flag. I call you to verify or debunk a claim being made about your vaccine, and you decline to comment. So how is someone who is concerned about this supposed to take that? This surely isn't a real vote of confidence in my book. The company that made the vaccine, that says it's safe, is unwilling to comment on this allegation, and that's what it is at this point, an allegation, that it may, be, uh, it may make women infertile. Interesting way to go about trying to debunk a theory. News 13 ends their fact check that uh, they can verify that to date there is no evidence, no study, and no reports to support this claim. Folks, this is why you cannot trust the news media and must look to multiple sources. There's a real good reason there's no evidence, no study, and no reports to support the claim that there could be a potential impact to women's fertility. It's because they didn't test the vaccine on a pregnant or potential to get pregnant anything. They didn't test it on a pregnant woman. They didn't test it on pregnant mice. Nothing. Of course there's no study on it, you knuckleheads, because they didn't do one. Now, News 13 did throw on, as an afterthought, that there are no studies to demonstrate the long-term effects on human fertility. Well, why then say with certainty that there is nothing to support the claim and treat it as if it were all totally false? So if this thing is so safe, why is the UK government putting warnings out 
saying the vaccine should not be used by pregnant or breastfeeding mothers and children. Now, we'll get to the children part in a minute. So the UK government put out a 10-page guide to healthcare professionals. I'll drop a link in the description box to it. In it, there is a section called Fertility, Lactation, and Pregnancy. The guide notes there's no or limited data on the vaccine, so the recommendation is that pregnant women should not take it. The guide notes that women of childbearing age are advised to avoid pregnancy for a minimum of two months after vaccination. It also notes that it should not be used if breastfeeding because it is unclear if the vaccine can be transmitted through a mother's milk. The guide notes that the animal toxicity studies have not been completed. The UK guide advises that it is not known whether the vaccine does or doesn't have an impact on fertility. Yet we are expected to welcome this vaccine with open arms. We are to not question authority or businesses that want to mandate this vaccine for, you know, entry to the business or to, you know, travel about a country. So if you have plans to get pregnant, wait two months after vaccination, but it's unknown whether you'd be able to at that point at all. The UK government is offering these warnings. Where's our government? What warnings have the CDC and our media offered? They are doing all they can to hide the side effects and the fact that there are swaths of the population who weren't part of the original tests and trials of these vaccines. Remember the UK's warning against using the vaccine on children? It's because they had not tested children in the original trials. Only now are they starting trials in children as young as 12. The first tests on children started in uh, what appears to be late October. Where are the warnings for using the vaccines on kids from our bureaucracies? Schools are already clamoring to make these mandatory to get kids back in schools. So we have a major country's government in the United Kingdom coming out with warnings for certain groups of people. But this thing is safe and being thrown in our face that we need to take it. Right. I'll do my own research and assess the risks for myself. Thank you very much. Last add on what we on the what we know piece of this vaccine is we have our second big pharma executive that has come out and said that it is not certain the COVID-19 shot will prevent transmission. This time it's Pfizer CEO uh, Albert Borla. Again, in an egregious lack of thoroughness, Pfizer did not perform transmissibility studies on the vaccinated. Well, what good is this vaccine then? How the hell can you say 95% effective if you don't know if it uh, will do what we want it to do in terms of preventing transmiss transmissibility? As Wired.com puts it, the only way we will find out about post-vaccine transmission is to vaccinate people. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not big into being someone's guinea pig when I have no legal recourse if something goes wrong with it. My immune system has served me well, so I think I'll be just fine rolling the dice with it as a known entity against some still experimental vaccine. Now, I'll tie this episode up with a take on some of these rumors going around about changing DNA and nanotech robots taking over one's body after being delivered by this vaccine. I will say this. Be careful about what information sources you are using and where information is coming from. Now, I researched both sides on this, and I watched a couple videos that I would say border on conspiracy theory. 
I'll post a couple of links, and, uh, but the bottom of uh, bottom line on this is uh, the mRNA vaccines, uh, both Pfizer's and Moderna's, will not alter your DNA. The bottom line, as noted in skeptical in a skeptical Raptor blog post, that the mRNA vaccines make use of the cell's ribosome to create the S protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and that antigen induces an adaptive an adaptive immune system response, which will rem- remember that antigen and attack it should the real virus show up in your body. There are numerous other reasons to be skeptical of this vaccine and, you know, have uh, reservations about taking it. Changing your DNA isn't one of them. This vaccine simply, from what I found right now uh, in, in uh, research, just won't do it. The other sci-fi type concern out there is nanotech being used to take control of a person's body. This too is a false claim as it relates to this vaccine. Nanotech is used in medicines currently to help deliver uh, those medicines to a a specific cell in the body. It's used in the treatment of cancers and Alzheimer's and and several other afflictions that we have. like I mentioned, they are being used in that case to target certain cells of the body. So that way the treatment in that regard isn't, um, it isn't as, as devastating to the body. Where these nanotech uh, uh, or this nanotechnology is not being used yet is in the COVID-19 vaccine. Now the uh, University of California at San Diego is doing a study in utilizing the nanotech and has noted that these solutions are several years away yet and not likely to impact the current COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't nefarious characters out there that might look at this stuff in the future and are looking at this stuff. I did see a story on Tucker Carlson the other night about um, the Chinese government utilizing uh, or or trying to change the DNA of their soldiers to to try and make them more, uh, I guess, better fighting machines, I guess. So I'm not saying this thing is, isn't is real and it's not out there. I mean, I, you never know what kind of research is going on, but as it relates to this vaccine, um, it's just not, you know, it's just not the truth. And I, you know, I, I say again, just be sure you're checking multiple sources, be sure you're checking out where these sources are coming from and their credibility. Uh, well, folks, that's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show and and would be grateful for a positive review if you are listening on a a platform that allows reviews. Have a good night and we'll talk soon. I'm grateful you've chosen to spend some time with me. I would truly appreciate it if you would subscribe to and share my podcast with friends and family. Please email me feedback. My address is livingwithliberty at usa.com. Follow and ring my bell for updates at my social media home on Parlor. My handle is at livingwithliberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must continue to fight and protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time. <laughs>